Blog Talk Radio. It's Saturday, August 6th. 2016, and you're tuned in to another edition of The Misty Show, where your premier source for fun and informative pet topics. I'm your host, Jay, and joining me once again is my best bud and partner in crime, the lovely Dee, and she's also my shopping buddy. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> uh, uh, um, I don't know, after today's little excursion, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. We every time we get together, we always get into trouble with you. Yeah, well, you know, I could say the same. You know, I guess <laughs> we're we're sort of a bad influence on each other in that way. Bad in a good way. <laughs> yes, we or were. is it good in a bad way? I don't know. I don't know. It was a way. It was a way. It was a way. And it was hot. It was, it was so, so hot. hot. It's oh still hot. It was so hot today, and it's that hot where you're, like, you're trying to, like, you know, just be normal, but then all of a sudden you're, like, I'm, I'm hot. It's, I'm burning. Things are not right. <laughs> when body. you can smell your hair, when you yeah. can smell the product in your hair, when the sun is cooking your hair, yeah. and when you can feel yourself tanning, because I can feel myself starting to burn. And I'm like, okay, I have to, I have to get so. Yeah. But we we had a great time, despite the heat. Fun. We had an awesome it time. It was fun despite the heat, but um, it's hot, people. I know some of y'all are probably in places where it's really hot, but for us, it's hot. Yeah, it's really hot and it's really humid. But despite all that, we we had loads of fun. We we did our thing. And speaking of fun and great times. Unfortunately, today's topic is really none of those things, but it's nonetheless an important subject that we've addressed in past episodes. Today, we're going to be discussing the pet population issue and how we can responsibly bring those numbers down. But before we get into that, I want to give out the answers to yesterday's pet trivia question. And I think you might find these interesting, Dee, in the sense that I don't, I don't know if you've ever heard of this animal that is the subject of our um, pet trivia, but I'm going to see. Okay, so the first question is, what is the narwhal? And I'll spell it for you. It's N-A-R-W-H-A-L, the narwhal. I guess that's how you say it. Have you ever heard of a narwhal? No. No. Is it um, narwhal? I don't know why mm-hmm. I keep getting a rabbit in my head. I don't know why or some type of like, I don't know. What is that? And and it is actually related to an upcoming episode that we're going to have. It's actually um, part of a topic that we'll be doing two weeks from today when we're going to be doing our show about the fuss about tusk where we're going to be talking about the ivory trade. Oh, okay. This, this isn't um I don't think this animal is a major player, not as much as like the African elephant, but he will be or he or she or both will be addressed um in that episode. Okay, but you don't know what that is, though, do you? I don't know what it is. Oh no. Okay. 
And I never heard of it, but um, the narwhal is it's a pale-colored porpoise, and it's found in Arctic coastal waters and rivers. They're related to bottlenose dolphins, belugas, harbor porpoises, and orcas, so they're in that family. Okay. Um, they are often sighted swimming in groups of around 15 to 20, but gatherings of hundreds or even several thousands have been reported. Okay, now, now that you kind of have an idea, maybe somewhat of a picture of what it is, the second question is, what is its nickname and why? <laughs> okay. Um, have I ever heard of the nickname? No, because I haven't, but it's also tied in with the tusk situation. It's tied in with tusk. Tied in with tusk. Uh, mm-hmm. And it has a, a nickname. has a nickname. Because um, when the show is over, you're going to want to Google it and you're going to want to look at a picture of it. Yeah, that's what I'm like. I'm trying to get a picture in my head and everything now is coming up in my head. And I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know. I don't okay. Know. Their their nickname is called the Unicorn of the Sea. And oh. Okay, and I'll explain why it's called that. Um. These legendary animals have two teeth, and males, the more prominent tooth, grows into a sword-like spiral tusk up to 8.8 feet long. The ivory tusk tooth grows right through the narwhal's upper lip. Scientists are not certain of the tusk purpose, but some believe it is prominent in mating rituals. So if you see it, it actually it looks like a unicorn. It sort of looks like a a whale or kind of uh, yeah, sort of, sort of like a whale with a unicorn horn. Okay, that's what they look like. Wow. Yeah. So wow. so they sort of when when you look at them, they they kind of yeah, because either just like they say they're in the um, family with dolphins, belugas, and orcas, and an orca is a type of whale. So they, they're fascinating, and they look like they could really stab the crap out of you with that horn. That's what I was thinking, because I'm like, you say unicorn, I'm like, well, that is a... Yep. <laughs> you know, that sucker grows like, eight feet, over eight feet long. Sort of like the hammerhead shark, how they have that flat kind of thing or whatever. It looks like they can just beat the crap out of you with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and this, except it's a pointy pointy looking horn, but that in the males, that's actually their tooth, and it, it's it's gross through their upper lip. Oh, although it looks like it's coming out of their head, but they say it's coming out of their upper lip. So that well, is a narwhal. I've got to Google that and look at that. That sounds yep. so like one of like a like a, a a fairy tale kind of thing. If you would like put it into a fairy tale movie, this would be a character they would create. Yep, I'd never heard of it, you know, until I kind of started doing a little research about the tusk trade, you know, because I knew about, like, the elephants, and I think I knew that, and it seemed like I had known that walruses, sometimes they get them for it, you know, and then this animal came up. So, but we'll talk more about the narwhal and get into that side of it two Saturdays. So not next Saturday, but the Saturday after. That's where we'll be talking about that. Okay. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, I think so. I, I think that will be interesting, especially to see that side of it. And if you guys want to tune into more Pet Trivia questions, you can also always just check the show every Saturday 
But if you want to actually read them as they're done, just make sure you check out our blog at she'sauthority.blogspot.com. And I usually put those out on Fridays. And if you want to join in today's conversation, you can always hit us up at 347-838-8313, or you can listen later in the archives at blogtalkradio.com forward slash she's a authority. Links from information used in today's episode can be found after the show on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash missy.show44 or on our Twitter page at twitter.com forward slash Missy Show. Okay, now let's get down to business. We're going to be talking about pet population woes. And it's just, I mean, I know we've talked about this before on past episodes, but it's just like when I look at the statistics, uh, it's just, I mean, it's just astounding. It's it's mind-blowing breaks your heart to see that and to know that. And it's so sad because as you look at the statistics, for me, I just see all these little faces that are tied to those numbers that are somewhere either, you know, sitting in shelters or strays or, you know, just it's just so heartbreaking to know that there are animals, you know, pets out there that didn't have to be there. And if, yeah. if if there was some responsibility taken by, you know, people because they didn't just happen to come into the world, you know what I'm saying? So they had exactly. to have some type of catalyst to help them in some way. So it's 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 not. It's, I don't think they can solve their problem. It's going to be up to us to help them solve that problem. You know? Yes, yes. It is going to, and it's it and when what D means by us. It means everybody, all of everybody. us, all of us as a society have to do better. Exactly, you know, and, and it, it's going to take, you know, as I was reading, it's not just something like, you know, ASPCA or, or you know, different organizations. It has to go down into your communities, into your, your cities, into your states. It has to get, because, you know, the the it's not just one area that's, you know, overpopulated. It's every, I mean, here's the thing, and, and this is where it hit home for me, and this is the story that I, and I think I've said this once before. I went, I traveled, and I went to India. But before I went to India, you know, I was, the first time I went, I was trying to get myself prepared and, and getting all my vaccinations and everything. And, I mean, I swear I was vaccinated against pretty much everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much everything. I was like, because I didn't know, so I wanted to be prepared. And the last vaccination that I was supposed to get was a rabies vaccination. And I was like, you know what? And don't worry, because I had been shot up by so much stuff. And I was just like, you know what? I'm done with vaccinations. And when she said rabies, I was like, yeah, that's okay. That's all right. She's like, well, you know, you have to come back. But I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I was supposed to go back and actually get it, but I didn't go back and get it. Because I thought, what am I going to do with a rabies shot? I don't need a rabies shot or whatever. I didn't, you know, I didn't. Because she was saying, well, you know, there's a lot of stray animals over there. And I was like, eh, that's why I didn't go back. So fast forward, I'm on my trip. I get off the airplane. I get there in the city. And the first thing I see once I get out of the airport and get into the city, you start to see these, these stray dogs. And the stray dogs are everywhere. I mean, packs of them. And oh. I was walking. I mean, they are so, I mean, they travel in packs. And 
the stray um, dog population over there is is like rampant. Um, I didn't I didn't I didn't expect because it was the first thing in my mind. I thought I should have got the rabies shot. I thought you know everything everything else I had gotten vaccinated against. I was like I really should have got the rabies shot because we went to a, like a vacation spot and. I mean, everywhere we went, there were, you saw, like, I mean, I don't want people to think that, even, you know, there was, like, team and team was up, but you know it's noticeable. It, I mean, just like here, but it's just very noticeable, the overpopulation and the stray dog epidemic over there. It, 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 it's, you know, insane. And I know they have their own people and organizations that are trying to, you know, help it or whatever. So not that I'm sitting here saying, oh, there's so many animals, don't go. I'm just saying it's very, very evident over there. And it was like, it hit me like, oh, my gosh, there's so many stray animals here. And they were like, and there were little ones and big ones, and they were running in packs. And I was like, oh, my goodness gracious, this is this is a real problem for them, too. Were they like, um, were they feral dogs that they kind of seemed like they might want to attack, or did they seem friendly? No, or they- you know, the, the funny thing about it, I didn't, I, the only time I really saw, and I'm quite sure, I don't know, I want to speak for the whole thing, but I never saw any of them, they just lived among the people, and the people just kind of like, were like, you know, it's just something you see. Um, and I, I only saw like, they would sort of get into like these, I don't, I don't want to call it like turf wars, but with each other. Like if one dog came too close to the other dog's stuff, or something, I don't know. But that's the only time I saw them like be aggressive. They never were because we had I actually had to walk by them and walk through them, and they never really were aggressive or anything like that um, towards me. I didn't experience that. They just kind of like hung out. They just kind of you know hung out. They were in doorways. They were along the streets. They were you know under bridges. They were you know just they were everywhere. They were everywhere. And that's so and crazy. I, and I bet you none of those dogs were spayed or neutered. No, probably none no, of them. No, I, no, probably not. Probably not. Because I even saw little puppies, and I thought, how the heck? You know, it was just, it was crazy. It was crazy, and that was like the first, not one of the first things that hit me, but it was just something that became very, very evident to me. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. But it just goes to show it's a problem, not just here in this country, but everywhere. Oh yeah, I'm sure it is. Because it's like even when you just think about all those dogs that you saw, because I was looking at some of these statistics and they were saying that um, the average number of litters a fertile dog produces in one year, let's see. Um, I think they just, I think cats produce a little bit more, but I think dogs maybe produce maybe about a litter a year or something like that, and that's still four to six puppies. But you think about like out of all those dogs you saw that could have been female, and each one of them are having four to six puppies. And then those yeah. puppies, they're born, and within a couple of months, they can produce, and then they're having four to six. And you just yeah. think about how quickly that gets out of control. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where you're like, this is going to become a really big, well, I mean, it is a really big problem, but it, it could become something that's sort of an epidemic, which, I mean, I guess it's sort of kind of going that way now, but you know, when they get to that, you know, childbearing age, they don't know what's going on. All they know is they're acting on the urges. And, yeah. and it's just spreading. It, I mean, it's just spreading. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. up to us as human beings to take responsibility because, see, we 
can consciously make that choice, you know, because yeah. we can choose to say, okay, I'm only going to have two children. You know, we can cut it off. Yeah. We can say, okay, I'm, I'm only going to whatever. But, see, they're operating strictly off instinct. They're just going by their heat cycle. So they're not really, for us, I think a lot of times we kind of come together for pleasure purposes. But for, I don't, well, I don't know. I don't know if animals, if they go there for pleasure or if it is just strictly instinct. But I think in most cases for them, it's instinct. It's just about reproducing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just something that, you know, it's one of those born instincts for them. I don't I don't think it's like, ooh, you know, bounce, clown, well, yeah, see her, come here. <laughs> I don't think it's, I don't know, maybe it is, I don't know, but I just I think it's one of those things where they're in heat and they can smell it and, you know, it's like act on it or whatever, but. It's funny you say that, you know, how you said that uh, we can control how many, you know, uh, kids or whatever. I read something that was interesting. In Shanghai recently, they implemented a policy of one dog per family in an effort to control the animal population. Because wow. rabies, yeah, rabies takes up to 55,000 lives per year there. So oh, it's my one gosh. The, yeah. Uh, I mean, if that quote, if that, what I read was correct, that's what, Instead, and I was like, good Lord. I mean, so I think that they're trying to, you know, but it's kind of now of a thing of where you get the pet owners that actually have more than one, you know, dog are kind of scared of like, or a pet, they're kind of do with my other dog, you know, because they're in the family. So they're, they're kind of dealing with that whole thing of, yeah, they try to do something to implement to curb that, but it's one of those things where people had already gotten a lot of pets. So, you know, it's like one of those things, well, how can I choose which one I keep and stuff like that? So I don't know what that solution is going to be for them, and, and maybe that's something we can follow up on or what have you. But, yeah, I thought that was kind of like, wow, okay. <laughs> All right. You know, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing because limiting them to one dog per household, the thing about that is by saying they can only have one, you know, it's like they're, kind of contributing to the euthanasia part because, they're, exactly. you know, like what if there's a household that can comfortably afford to have five dogs or cats? Exactly. But, but exactly. you just say, okay, oh, you can only have one, so a lot of animals are going to end up being put to sleep when maybe some household could have, you know, there are some people who can comfortably have eight dogs. Yeah. Maybe they have yeah. enough financially where they can comfortably buy their food and, and pay for their medical care as long as yeah. they're spayed or neutered, you know. So I, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, exactly, and that's that's kind of the thing of it. You need to, you know, understand why you're getting a pet. You know, sometimes you see different things. Like I remember reading an article where you remember when 101 Dalmatians came out, you know, and that was like the movie at the time, and everybody was you know, gung-ho, and they made the puppies look so cute and cuddly, and so everybody, you know, for Christmas coming up, wanted to go and get a Dalmatian. And, you know, once that newness wears off, because Dalmatians are a lot, well, any animal is a lot of work, mm-hmm. but Dalmatians are active and, you know, everything. And once that newness and everything sets in, it wears off and the reality of it sets in, you uh, you have to take care of this pet. And so a lot of, uh, there was like a kind of a, 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 a boom of, of Dalmatians going into pet, uh, to um, shelters and things like that. Wow. So you you kind of have to make sure you're getting the pet for the right reason, you know. It's fine if you want to have company and you want, you know, you start it over, but just make sure you're getting the pet. And understand that this is a lifelong commitment, you know, with yes. with expenses and, and, and things that are going to be coming at you. 
So you have to make sure it's not just because, oh, it's so cute and, you know, first week or two is nice, but reality sets in real quick. And then you think, okay, I want to, I don't know what I'm going to do with this animal. So, you know, you start thinking of different things to do that are really not good. Yes, because that, as as I've discussed in other episodes in the past, that was kind of the mistake that my husband and I made, you know, because he really wanted a dog and, you know, he was excited about it. But I don't think he really thought it all the way through or either one of us. And I was working really long hours. We were living in two separate cities, and he was coming to see me on the weekends. And he was going to, I think, primarily, well, he had another plan for what where he was going to have a dog and stuff, but that's another whole story. But, you know, that family member was like, well, no, we're not going to let you have a dog here and stuff. And my hours were too long, so it, we just ended up returning him to the shelter, which was very, very heartbreaking. But yeah. this was before, you know, we knew as much as we know now. You know, I've done a lot of research, and if, if I could do that situation over again, you know, I think we just probably would have never adopted him. He was the most adorable dog, and we loved him for the few days we had him. But it was just very overwhelming and because I was working, my hours were just too long, and he wasn't up there with me during the week, and there was no way I could properly, you know, potty train him and stuff, and it, it just became very overwhelming quickly. And then also having a young dog and and he cries at night and you kind of have to get up and you have to take him outside and they're having an accident and it's almost like you're like okay I'm about to lose my mind here so yeah because you discussed that you discussed that like with boomerang when you were trying to train him and it's very stressful when you're trying to get him housebroken and and I think the most responsible thing at that time that we knew to do was just to take him back to the shelter. And luckily one of the shelter employees, my husband took him back and she was saying that she felt like she was just going to go ahead and adopt him herself. But it was a heartbreaking situation. But that's why it's really, really important to do all your research. Like Dee was saying, make sure you're getting a dog for just the right reasons, not just because, oh, it, it seems like it would be a fun thing to do or because, you know, they're so cute. You know, it's more than that. That that can be part of it, but just make sure you have the, the time and the resources to take care of a pet because it's almost like having a child. It really it is really, like having a baby. It's a big it responsibility. Really it really is. Potty training almost took me out. So it it really, it really, really was. It paid off, but you have to be dedicated and committed. And I mean, when it's, you know, 32 degrees outside and maybe people live somewhere else where it's a lot colder, but when it's cold outside or raining outside and you're trying to potty train and you have to be disciplined and, and you know, start taking this dog out, you know, every so many hours and you're tired and you're sleepy, you, it's going to hit you real hard. And so you really have to know, oh, when those doctor bills start happening and yes. you got to take them and get shots and get, you know, um, medicine and certain food and you might encounter a certain illness that the, the animal might have. So you have to be prepared for all of that stuff. And sometimes when that happens, a lot of people aren't. And then they get to the point where they're like, uh, we'll just, you know, we'll just let it go and somebody will find it and they'll take mm-hmm. care of it. Yeah, a lot of times, that's... yeah, that's not the case. That, mm-hmm. That's not the case. And it's really not fair to that animal because, you know, you're putting them out there in situations that they're not prepared for. You know, they've got to try to now find their own food and, and you know, and, and another thing I want to mention is that the importance of spaying and neutering your pet. Um, I know some people may not, you know, want to do that because they're like, oh, I don't want to do that too much. But it's just 
you know, unless you plan on breeding for a specific purpose or something, and I know, Jay, you have some, like, different things as far as different alternatives to that, because I think mm-hmm. I read something about a, a, um, a possible uh, pill that they, they're talking about giving the animals or something. Yeah. I am such a, a, a advocate and, and, and voice for spaying and neutering your pets. I just think that is really something important. One of my favorite people in the world is Bob Barker, and one of the reasons I loved him Oh, uh, yeah. At the end, he would always say, you know, help control the pet population, have your pet spayed or neutered. And that is just a way to, if you don't plan on breeding your animal or whatever, go, it, it, and it, 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 there are so many benefits toward having that done. You know, I know mm-hmm. that there are different things, you know, I think they say that it makes the animal healthier and oh, we had to do it for Boomer for other reasons, but he was going to get done anyway regardless because we weren't going to breed him. And, you know, there was no other reason for him. And he was a wandering dog at one time. So I just, you know, like like the mother, I didn't want him bringing home any children. <laughs> I didn't want him bringing home any children. So, um, yeah, so that was when he was old enough. He he, he got snipped. He got snipped. Yeah, and then for females, um, for dogs and cats, I think it can also cut down on uterine infections. And then yeah. I think even sometimes later down the line, they can get uterine cancer. So, you know, it it just, you don't have to worry about all that if you just go ahead and get them spayed or neutered. Yeah, just get them spayed or neutered. And you don't have to worry about if ever, you know, God forbid that the animal gets out or something happens or whatever and they're out there, at least you know there's not a chance of them, you know, becoming pregnant or impregnating some, some other dog or something. So, so yes, that that is the number one defense. That's the, our number one defense against all these animals having to be euthanized. Just get them spayed or neutered in the first place. And another good point that I was reading is stop supporting the, the puppy meals and getting these animals kind of on the black market and stuff. When they're so, If you've done all your research and you decided, okay, getting a pet is the right thing for me, I can afford it, I, I have the time and the resources for it, then go to a shelter. These animals, in many cases, yeah. they're, they're on a – the clock is ticking for them. You know, there are yeah. some no-kill shelters, but – a lot of the time, a lot of these animals end up getting put to sleep. So stop supporting the puppy mills. And, and of course, I know that there are animals in pet stores that need homes too. And I'm not saying don't, don't, um, they don't deserve homes too. But probably those animals aren't about to be killed though. Whereas shelter animals, they're on a ticking time clock. So you really need to consider them. Get get an animal out of a shelter if you're going to get an animal. And if you are going to, because there are some stores where you. They they sell like um, pet supplies and different things, but they also have pets. Mm-hmm. See, make sure that the pets are coming from. Now, sometimes they'll bring the pets in from shelters. So if that that if that's one yeah. of the situations, then that's great because you still are helping a shelter pet. But right, sometimes you go to these places where you have these cutesy little pet boutiques, and you know they have their whatever going on. Just you know, just try to. Before you, if you're looking for a pet, because I'm telling you, shelter pets make the greatest pets because they know, for some reason, they know you're saving their lives. They right. know it. They know you're saving their lives, and they are so grateful for it. They are so beyond grateful for it. Yeah, and definitely, because for some reason, I thought about Craigslist and, like, ads in the newspaper where people are like, um, 
pit bull puppies for sale, blah, blah, blah. Kind of steer clear of that. I'm not saying yeah. that some of those things can't be reputable. Maybe they are, but a lot yeah. of shelters have pure breeds. If you are looking yeah. for pure breed animals, you know, some sh- check with the shelter. You never know. Yeah, and, you know, sometimes they already have them, you know, spayed or neutered and, and shot yeah. and everything, and all they're looking for is someone to provide them with a good, loving home. And a lot of them are already potty trained because keep in yeah. mind, you don't always have to just adopt puppies and kittens. You can also adopt, yeah. you know, elder um, dogs, senior pets. Yeah. You can adopt senior pets that are just a couple of years old. Yeah. I mean, it's so many options out there where they can help you and you can help them. It's a win-win for both. It's a win-win for both. So just try to try to look at those alternatives, look at those options, and, and, and by doing that, you're helping with controlling the um, overpopulation of the pet. Yes, and for those of you, if, if you have the time, you know, maybe even volunteer at a local shelter because a lot of times they're lacking, you know, the manpower that they need, and a lot of the dogs, you know, they need to be walked, you know, the, the the cats, a lot of times they just need to be petted. They need that extra yeah. human contact. And I know the workers do a very good job of trying their best to get around to every animal. But if you have that time, you know, even if you can just volunteer maybe one Saturday a month, if enough people did that, you know, these animals, they could be more socialized and also consider fostering. But we won't go into yeah. that because we have a show coming up um, some weeks from now where we're going to discuss about fostering pets. But that's another great alternative. That show. Yes, it was, and we have so much good information that we did not get to talk about, but I'll be sure to post the links to all this stuff on our Facebook and Twitter pages. We want to thank you guys once again for tuning in. My Internet issues are fixed. Thank you, Lord. So <laughs> even though we didn't get to do but only two pop-up episodes last month, you know, we, we may do some surprise ones, you know, coming up. We may do something like that. And we wanted to thank you guys once again for supporting our first annual Christmas in July campaign, and we'll probably be doing that again next year. But just be sure to tune in next Saturday. We're going to be talking about heartwarming animal reunions. So tune in 5 p.m. Central, our usual time, and we hope you guys have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye, everybody.